0: hello everyone welcome back to potting the red sox blogging theredsox.com podcast uh, it's our second straight day with a new episode so today i'm happy to be joined by red sox pitching prospect christopher troy uh christopher ct thank you for joining me today uh how's your new year been so far
1: brendan i'm uh, i'm more than more than happy more than excited to be here with you man and i uh you know like i said earlier before we started this recording um, I'm really thankful and really grateful for you to have me on. My New Year's has been uh, has been good. Spent a lot of time with the family and being home, which is nice because it's not too often I do get to be home. Um, I'm either training in Santa Barbara, uh, where I went to school, or out in Florida in the FCL. So um, enjoying, really enjoying my time here at home with my family.
0: And uh, you're a Bay Area native, correct? Yes, sir. Bay Area native. So before we get into any like career questions, I want to first ask which team you grew up a fan of.
1: So I grew up a Giants fan. Um, and this is actually, I get this question a lot. So I grew up a Giants fan, which was obviously a good time to be a Giants fan. I think they won three three World Series over five years or something like that. So as a little kid, you know, it's it's, it's, it's fun to see your team win. Um, but when I was 12 years old, I actually went to Cooperstown and played a, played a tournament in Cooperstown. So we flew into Boston um spent a day in the city and then that night caught a game at Fenway and so I always said you know my American League team was the Boston Red Sox uh because of that experience and so um I've never had to pick between rooting for the Giants or rooting for the Red Sox uh growing up which was nice but I think growing up I would have chosen for would have chosen to root for the Giants but I think now you know I don't I don't really have a choice go Red Sox baby
0: so, uh, since you went to UC Santa Barbara and grew up a Giants fan, grew up in the Bay Area, were you also a fan of Barry Zito by chance?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, big fan of that curveball.
0: And before you went to college, I read that you were a catcher. Is that correct in high school?
1: Yeah, so actually, uh, never pitched until uh, my freshman year. I mean, I, I and throughout high school, you know, I got on the mound and I threw, um, but I was I was a catcher. I was a catcher. I probably had honestly, four lifetime innings, that's just a shot in the dark, but probably four lifetime innings before I got to college. Um, And the reason why I had those four innings before college was just because as a catcher, you know, my, my, my main big tool was, was my power arm behind the dish. Um, But yeah, so never pitched until I got to college. And then freshman fall, coach checks, got me on the mound and said, okay, well, you're going to be a pitcher.
0: So um, in high school, did you like call your own game or was it more like being fed from the coaches in the dugout?
1: Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I, we had a, I went to Heritage High School with uh, Coach Kevin Brandon Coach Greg Gonzalez. Um, and they have, a, they have a very good history of winning there and, and they're very good coaches and they've coached a lot of good players. Um, probably most notably, Paul Blackburn of the Oakland A's. Um, and since then, you know, they've, they've, they've got a lot of guys in the minor league system and grinding their way up, but they were very much so like, I want to teach you the game, you know, and I want you to learn the game. And so they gave us, they gave us a lot of breathing room in terms of calling pitches and to make errors really. Um, and to do our own trials and tribulations and to learn what works and what doesn't and learn the game of baseball, which I'm unbelievably grateful for. And they're great coaches. Um, but, you know, there were times where, you know, we had to get a win. We had to, we hit, uh, it, was a, it was a good opponent and it was a tough game and, and we had to get a win. So um, I think in that, in those moments, they were probably relaying the pitches in. Uh, but for the most part, they give us a lot of breathing room to make our own mistakes and make our own progress.
0: So would you say your experience as a catcher in high school has helped you as a pitcher in college and as a pro so far, like just from that perspective?
1: Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think in general, um being a good athlete and playing sports helps you later in whatever you want to specialize in and so you know i'm at the point now in my life where um my career is i'm specializing in pitching and i and i think everything i've done whether that was playing high school basketball um or being a catcher and being a hitter i think everything that has cultivated me into the athlete that i am today has has helped me specialize into the pitcher that i'm going to be in the future
0: and you imagine you went to the same high school as Oakland A's pitcher, Paul Blackburn. Is he someone you keep in touch with today? Like I've talked to other guys who keep in touch with pro, like major leaguers who went to the same school from the same area.
1: Unfortunately, um, he, was, he was probably five or six years older than I am. Um, so we never really crossed paths. Um, He's always just a name that Coach Kevin and, and everyone else at Heritage was, was very fond of and knew very well. Um, so I don't think I've actually ever talked to the guy. Um, but if he's listening to this podcast, man, let's use this as an invitation for me to learn from you. He's obviously doing something right.
0: And what about, um, this is probably a little more like outlandish kind of, but what about Shane Bieber? You guys were at the same school. Ever I work out with him stuff? Anything like that?
1: Yeah. So actually during, uh, COVID quarantine early, um, I was down in Santa Barbara getting, preparing for my senior year of uh, college. And he was back in the area training with a guy named Peter Park out of Platinum Fitness in Summerlin, California, about 20 minutes outside of Santa Barbara. Um, and so we worked out there together for a few months um, and through bullpens together. And And honestly, that was that in that time frame, in those three months that we worked out together through bullpens together, um, it was a group of us, obviously, but um, just In that short time frame, I think that that's where I made the most like vertical progress in terms of being a pitcher, just being around guys like him and uh, Tyler Glasnow would show up every every now and then. Um, A lot of my UCSB teammates at the time, a lot of former UCSB teammates who are now in the minor league system, Uh, just being around that group and especially being around Shane Beaver, man, I I learned a lot and I'm unbelievably grateful to have the uh, opportunity to work with him.
0: You said that was before the 2020 season, like during the quarantine period?
1: That was, so let's see, uh, 2020. I think we were probably 15 games into the season when we got shut down. Um, And I wasn't pitching that year because I tore my UCL in 2019 uh, in the Cape Cod League. So um, let's think about this July until really March. I was probably just rehabbing, um, starting my throwing program and stuff like that. But by the time I was ramping up, March, April, May, um, started to get on the mound to do my uh, Tommy John progressions and to start pitching again. And and that was really the time that I spent with Bieber in, in in that whole group.
0: So could you tell at that time he was about to win a Cy Young Award? Is that something you can pick up on just from bullpen sessions
1: or? You know, so I never, I never really thought like, oh man, this guy's gonna win Cy Young. But I do remember thinking Oh, my God, this guy hits every spot with every pitch and everything is nasty. Um, (laughs) So uh, obviously, you know, I don't know. I don't know what a Cy Young Award winner looks like in the offseason before that point. So, you know, it wasn't even something I was really thinking about. Like, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, this guy's going to be MVP of the MLB or Cy Young Award winner. Um, It's just not really a thought that crosses my mind. But I was not surprised to see that he won the Cy Young Award, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I saw throughout college you, were used uses both a starter and a reliever. I mean, I, I imagine you prefer a starting, but um, like what are the key differences between both roles for you?
1: I think um, this is a really good question, Brendan. Actually, thanks for asking this, man. Um, but, you know, I like, I like both of them, I would say, equally. I think they're just different. Uh, I think they're different positions altogether, man. And I think, you know, at the starter, you have your set routine, you know, when you're going to throw, um, you know, what day your day is, you know, who you're going to play, and you have uh, five days to get ready to perform. And um, the reliever is just kind of much, pretty much you're just, you're just on call, you know, so just be ready for when your number's called. Um, And especially, you know, pitching, pitching in high leverage positions, like that's like, that's fun. That is very, very fun. Obviously as a starter, I'm sure you do face high leverage situations, but maybe not as many and not as frequently as as a closer or as a back end reliever.
0: And is it difficult as a starter to balance your preparation for that with being a student athlete at the same time, the commitments involved there?
1: You know, it is um it's definitely an added element into into your preparation and into uh you as an athlete. But, you know, at UCSB, Coach Checkets, I mean, just the resources that we had available um, by the university was phenomenal. You know, we have tutors. We have – we've got every resource, really, that we need to succeed there uh, as a student-athlete. And I think that that's something that UCSB takes pride in. I know that's something that Coach Checkets takes pride in. um, And I think that's made me a better person – a better overall person.
0: And you mentioned pitching on the Cape, but before that I saw you pitched in the – New England college of baseball league for mystic. So I was wondering like if you could have described your time in both leagues, but like what are the key differences between the two?
1: Yeah, it was, I love the East coast, man. I really do. Um, and I think, you know, so after my, I, think, I believe, I believe it was correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you probably got it right. You probably got it right in front of you. But I think after my freshman year, uh, summer before my sophomore season, I was in mystic Connecticut. Um, probably a couple hours outside of Boston, if -hmm. I had to guess. Um, But my host family, the Mars, they were phenomenal. Um, Took us out fishing a lot. My host brother, uh, Jimmy Endersby, at the time was at Fullerton, and now he's currently in the Houston Astros organization. Um, Really developed a strong friendship there and a strong connection. And, you know, just as – in terms of the league – in terms of summer ball and the differences between the leagues – you know, I think I think my experiences in both places, whether that be Katuit um or Mystic, you know, I think I think in both summers, I really, really enjoyed my experience. And I think that, that is that, that is something that the league both leagues prioritize um is is just the overall summer ball experience. And I think they're both very they both they both did a very good job cultivating that. Uh now as far as in level of talent and actual gameplay goes, you know, I think I think obviously the Cape Cod is, I mean, that's, that's the league that everyone wants to be in. Um, and I think the new England league was a very close second in terms of talent. And I think that that's just because of the proximity between Cape Cod league and the new England collegiate baseball league, because we had a lot of temp guys from the Cape Cod that when their temps were up that they come to new England league, um, and they were good ball players. And so I think, I think the competition was, was better in the cape um but not by much
0: so in 2019 when you tore your acl ucl in the cape did you uh, have to leave right away or were you able to stay on the cape that summer
1: so i left i want to say a few days after um kind of took a few days for for everything to really settle for the dust to settle and to figure out what's going on um i think i knew so i mean it's on one pitch i don't know if you've seen the video um the live stream but if you haven't I'll, I'll be happy to show it to you and i'll probably 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 text it to you um but just one pitch felt the pop and pretty sharp pain so i walked off the field and uh, i think at that time i pretty much just assumed my ucl was torn um and then over the course of the next couple of days at cape cod and Katu it really did a good job taking care of me and brought me to the right doctors brought me to the right to the right specialist and had everything checked out, and it was confirmed that I tore my UCL. So I think after after that point, when I got confirmation that I did tear it, I think I was I was out there, I was out of there, and um, trying to trying to get my surgery in as quickly as possible, and trying to be efficient about my recovery.
0: Well, I saw in 2019 you were teammates with a Pirates prospect, Nick Gonzalez, and Katuid. So I don't know, like, we were able to interact with him much, or was that kind of hard since because of the surgery and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely not as much as, as I would have liked, you know, um, I think, I think, especially in summer ball, man, there's a lot of guys coming in, there's a lot of guys going out. And it's not really until the last month of season that you're probably playing with your finalized team. Um, but, you know, I met a lot of great guys out there. Nick Gonzalez is one of them. Um, didn't really have the time, unfortunately, to develop a, to develop a real strong relationship. Um, but, I mean, from the little experience I did have with him, he seemed like a like an amazing guy, a standout guy, and um, a standout guy with some standout BP. I was, I was out there shagging for him, and I remember that very clearly because he was putting balls left center, right center outside of the yard. So um, it was fun to watch him hit and, and fun to watch him do what he's doing.
0: And what about returning to Kituit, uh last summer? Because, I mean, before the pandemic, I really can't recall too many guys – playing in the Cape during their draft year, but that seemed to be a more common occurrence in 2021.
1: Yeah, I think COVID shook up a lot of things, man. I think that, that and that's that's definitely one of the things that it shook up. And for me, you know, I I just looked at it as an opportunity to get better. And um, you know, following my 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 uh 2021 UCSB season, I really just wanted to find a place where I could keep getting better. Um, you know, I felt I felt very confident in the fact that I was going to get drafted. Um, I didn't, wasn't confident in where I was going to get drafted, but I mean, that didn't really matter to me at the time still doesn't, um, but really I was just worried about getting better and and how do I use the two months between the end of my school year and the end of my season and coach Mike Roberts of Ketua, it was very gracious. And the entire Katoa family welcomed me back, um, fairly simply. And so I think I just sent out a text and I said, Hey, coach Roberts, I uh, would love would love to come play for you and the city of Katuit again. Um, not sure what what the situation's like, but just let me know. And he appreciate <laughs> sure you responded right away with yes, yes, come out. When's your flight? How quickly can you get out here? Um, but I, I really made a lot of strides and really got better. And I think that that's just a testament to the environment that Coach Mike Roberts and that Cattuit and Cape League in general has.
0: So after the Cape League season, was there any consideration on your part to return to Santa Barbara next? I mean, for 2022, or was it just like I'm going to get drafted and sign regardless of who I get drafted by?
1: You know, at that point, I was I was very confident I was going to be getting drafted. Um, so I was pretty much set on okay, let's just find out who takes me and where I go uh, after that. And that just felt like the next step. It just felt like it was my time to go. Um, so there really wasn't any consideration of entering the transfer portal or even going back to UCSB. It was I spent my four years at school. And this is just the next step. And in order for me to keep progressing as a pitcher, this is just what I need to do. And
0: whether it be at school or on the Cape,, uh, what kind of relationship did you develop with your eventual signing scout, uh, Todd Gold, Red Sox Area Scout?
1: Yeah, Todd Gold's awesome, man, Mr. gold, you're you're an amazing guy, and I you know I can't appreciate you enough. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I can't, can't be any more grateful really uh, for the opportunity that you've provided for me and that you've helped me, that you've helped me have. And, you know, I'm really grateful. He's a great guy. Um, We keep playing phone tag, you know, between, between being back in uh, the Bay area and Santa Barbara um, training and, you know, he's he's busy working, but eventually we're going to sit down and we're going to have dinner, um, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And I know that that's been a little bit of struggle to get on the calendar, but um, we'll figure it out and, and I, I can't wait to, can't wait to have a meal with him.
0: So were you in it or on the Cape uh, when you got drafted in July? Yes, so did you fly yes. straight from there to the, uh, Fort Myers?
1: Let me think about this, man. My timeline's kind of getting kind of getting messed up. I think I flew home. Um, actually, okay, here's what happened. Funny story because this is this is this is a while ago now <laughs> that we are talking about this. Um but yeah, so here's what happened. So I got drafted. Um, I think a couple of days later, I flew home. Uh excuse me, I flew to Santa Barbara to pack up my apartment and to get my car. So flew into Santa Barbara, packed up my apartment, got my got my car, drove up home six hours, just under six hours to get home in the Bay Area, unpacked, repacked the next morning. Me and my family flew out to Fort Myers, Florida and i saw you post
0: on instagram but i'm always kind of curious because when guys sign in for my they always take the same kind of picture with like the folding table and the clubhouse so i was kind of curious um how that comes about like why is it always in that same spot basically
1: you know i don't really know uh i mean i'm just assuming that that's just the way that the red sox does things um but you know i think what you don't see in that picture is just to the right of me about fifteen other guys waiting to waiting to take the same picture <laughs> and we're waiting to sign the same piece of paper. Um, but yeah, man, I think I, I think I think to be in the major league clubhouse where Nathan Navaldi, Chris Sale, um, Xander Bogarts, you know those kinds of guys that that you know like you see their name on their locker and to be signing in there um, is is really just a humbling experience and it's it's really really exciting. Um, to be a part of that same organization, you see all the World Series flags hanging um, and really just the, you get the, you get the feel that you're in one of the most historic organizations and, and you are in one of the most first class well- run organizations uh, in all of, in all of baseball.
0: So you signed in July but didn't make your uh, pro debut until August. so I was curious uh, what happened what' you do in between that time? Was it like conditioning or anything like that?
1: It was a lot of conditioning, man. <laughs> um, but no, really. I mean, really, they did a they did a really, really good job getting us acquainted with the organization, getting us acquainted with the coaching staff and um, just the front office guys. Just get just getting really integrated into being part of that organization. And I think at the same time, uh, they wanted to take things slow because everyone was at different points at that at that moment. You know, like I just came off a of summer ball, so I was one hundred percent ready to go, still playing. Um, but some guys were home for the last two months or some guys were, you know what I mean? So we're all in a different position, but I think they did a really good job integrating us into the, into the organization and taking it slow and making sure we did everything that, that, that we needed to do. Um, and it took us, I think we did probably four weeks of ramping up as pitchers. I think the pitchers were the last group, I think position players started playing a little bit earlier. Um, But the pitchers, they took us slow and they they took our ramp up and our build up slow. And that was just when I was ready to pitch. So that's when I got the opportunity to pitch.
0: Then you make your debut on August 17th, but then don't pitch again until September 17th. So I was the same sort of reasoning behind that layoff as well, or was it something else?
1: Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, during that time, there's really what the Red Sox wanted to do was just make sure that each prospect individually um was as well prepared mentally physically for the grind that minor league baseball is and so um no nothing wrong but i ended up going to boston for five days um and checking out the city i caught a game at fenway which was really awesome so you know i was kind of doing some sightseeing and some uh some some enjoying the enjoying myself really um between that time period and then uh ramped up and I ramped up just in time for the last game of the season
0: and it's only turned out to be two innings but uh what did you pick up from those uh two appearances you made in the fcl
1: i think the thing that i took away from my first two outings was really just um you know i i deserve to be here Um, my work ethic and, and, and and everything that i've done up to this point has put me in this position um and i was happy to be there obviously very grateful for the opportunity um, but just knowing that my stuff plays and who I am is good enough and I just got to keep getting better. And it's no different at UCSB. It's no different in high school. It's no different in the Boston Red Sox organization. Um, it's just, I have to keep getting better. And I think that that was something that, you know, once the nerves and everything kind of settled, I was, I was really happy to be able to say, it's like, okay, it's, I'm doing the same thing. You know, I'm on the same mound. I've got to throw my stuff. I got to do the best pitcher I can be. Um, and I belong here. And, um, as long as I keep getting better and keep the nose to the grindstone, you know, I think I'm going to keep progressing in the system.
0: Mm. So your stuff plays, would you mind keep uh, taking me through your arsenal real quick or like how you go about facing left or right-handed hitters?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's really no difference to me between a righty and a the lefty. There's no difference of who's in the box and who's not. I got a good fast, good power fastball um, that I'm going to attack hitters with. Um, and then I've got a power slider that if I need to put somebody away that I can do that with. So really, really the way my arsenal plays and who I am as a pitcher, it's about being in the zone, and it's about being in the zone with both my pitches. And if I can do that, you know, I mean, that's just – I mean, it's just outside my control, you know, um, whether righty or lefty or Mookie Betts or John Carl Stanton or whoever um, whoever I face, it's the same game. I just got to throw my best stuff in the zone. And and that's something that I that I really that I really, that really resonated with me this past season is just my stuff plays, um, I've got good stuff, be in the zone with it. Somebody takes me yard, somebody takes me yard, um, but just let baseball be baseball and just do what I can do, and that's throw my pitches in the zone.
0: How exactly? How much information is available to you in the FCL, like scouting, heat map stuff like that?
1: Um. You know, I don't really know. And I think that that's just because, uh, I've only pitched two innings and I think, uh, I think the Red Sox and I are on the same page and that, you know, where I'm at in my development process, um, really that's for more advanced guys, uh, who have really mastered their craft where it's like, okay, Chris sells facing John Carlos Stanton, you know, yeah, I'm sure they have heat maps available. Um, but Chris also doesn't need to work on throwing strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so let's start there. Let's, let's start with throwing strikes with my fastball in the zone. Um, and I'm sure as I keep getting better and as I keep progressing, more and more resources and more and more technology will keep getting implemented. But I do know that they have all the technology and they have all those resources.
0: How many other members of the Red Sox 2021 20, 21 draft class have you gotten to know over the last few months? Like I see you guys follow each other on Instagram, but does it go beyond that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think I've developed a unique relationship with each and every one of them really um, spending the time that we spent together in the FCL, and excuse me, towards the tail end of the season. Um, some guys moved up to low A. Uh, but, you know, between instructs and the time I spent in FCL, I think I, I think. I think we are a really tight class and I think everyone really is on the same page and we're pulling in the same direction. And that's just first, you know, we want to be the best player that we can be. And then secondly, we want to be the best player that we can be in order to help the club win.
0: And uh, just, how has your off season been so far in regards to preparing for the upcoming season?
1: It's been a blast, man. It's been a blast. Been down in Santa Barbara um, during the winter, which is, you know, a little bit chilly, but uh, I'm sure not as cold as it is where you are in in Boston. I've never experienced a Boston winter or East coast winter. I think I've probably been around snow just a few times in my life. So, um, that's definitely gonna be a change for me, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I've been training at platinum fitness, uh, with this guy named Peter park, who, who I can't say enough good things about. And he really has my best interest in mind and every single one of his athletes and clients that he trains, he has their best interest in mind. Um, so been between training there and throwing at UCSB and, um, really just trying to keep getting better and I'm sorry to keep going back to that. I know, I know that sounds cliche, but that's really what I'm trying to do man. I'm just, I know that, I know that if I can stay the course and I can just keep getting better, good things will happen. So,
0: and, uh, any expectations or goals going into the 2022 season?
1: You're not going to like me, Brendan, because I'm going to say this again, <laughs> uh, my goal, my goal. Is make the most of every day and get better um, with every throw that I have, with every stretch that I have, with every lift that I have, every conditioning that I have. Um, if I can keep getting better, you know, I I think that that I don't have any expectations in terms of you know what what level I'm going to be on, how many times I'm going to get promoted. Um, you know, I think that all of that stuff is outside of my control. I think the only thing I can control is is my preparation and my performance. And so I'm trying to prepare as best as I can so that when it comes time to perform, um, I'm confident in the preparation that I've done. So uh, my one goal, my one expectation is to be better than I was last year.
0: Do you know when your report date is to Fort Myers?
1: We don't have an exact date, um, but leaving after instructs, they, uh, they told us to prepare for the end of February. So that's what I'm preparing for.
0: And like you said, you don't care where you start out, whether it's like the FCL again or in Salem or wherever.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't care because I definitely do care. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry. Sorry. It, no, no, no. I, I mean, I may have said that uh, earlier, but no, I mean, don't get the wrong idea. I definitely – I want to be in the big leagues. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, if, if it was up to me, I'd yeah, let's go to the big leagues. Um, but in terms, of, in terms of how I get there or how long it takes me to get there, um, you know, those things are really outside of my control. And I think that if I I can be consistent with getting better and learn how to get better, which the Red Sox organization have an abundance of resources to help me get better, whether that be the technology that we were just talking about or the coaching staff or the other players in the organization that are better than me currently, um, you know, there's a lot of ways for me to get better. And I think, and I think that, if 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 I can stay my course and I can play my game every time I'm out there, I can put myself in a good position to be a big leaguer one day.
0: All right, uh, last question for me. Our last series of questions. Yes, sir. Uh, they're all kind of stadium related, so figure be kind of a different subject. But uh, I assume you've been to Oracle Park.
1: Um, I have not actually.
0: You Believe haven't? It or not,
1: no, no. They have never I been. They say you grew up a Giants fan. I did.
0: I wow. did. You've never been there? Nope. What about the Coliseum?
1: I have been to the Coliseum a couple of times.
0: Is it as bad as they say?
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's not as bad as they say. It's, it's definitely a better location than I think what most people think it is.
0: Do you have any thoughts on a relocation, like if they're moving to the waterfront or Las Vegas or something like that?
1: Uh, I don't have any thoughts about it. Uh, I'm sure wherever they go, it would be good for the team, the club, and the organization. Uh, I'm just excited to be able to one day play in Fenway.
0: <laughs> what better uh,
1: stadium to play? Yeah. And you say
0: you've been to two games at Fenway? Yes, I've
1: now been to two games. Can you believe that? I've been to more Red Sox games than I've been to Giants games.
0: Yeah. Uh, where were your seats for both of those games?
1: Um, so I can't remember where my seats were when I was 12. Oh. Um, but I do definitely remember the second time, my second experience, because I was right behind home plate with some of the data analysts and uh, watching watching a big-time game, watching Nathan Navaldi pitch right behind home plate. It was probably one of the best um, baseball fan, personal baseball fan experiences that I've ever had, and I can't thank the club enough for him, for, for it.
0: And then I saw on Instagram you were at a Rams game recently. That's like one of the brand-new stadiums in the country, so how nice is SoFi Stadium to watch a football game?
1: It's unreal, dude. And I think I think even pulling up to the parking lot, you know, you can see the stadium, and it's just like, wow, this thing is something from the future. Um, But you know, my girlfriend's family, I think that they've got season tickets out there. So that was one of my Christmas. That was one of my early Christmas guests was bringing me to the Rams game. So uh, had a really good time. The stadium was awesome, and the Rams got a W. So have you adopted
0: the Rams as your team, or they always been your team?
1: You know, I've never really had a team uh, in football. And I think now that um, I'm part of the Red Sox organization, I have to say that it's the Patriots.
0: So it could be Patriots or I am Bowl. Yeah. I think I'll be rooting for the Patriots. All right. Well, uh, Christopher Troy CT, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, you can follow Christopher on Twitter at CC Troy and on Instagram at Christopher Troy. Uh, Christopher, is there anything else you want to plug before we go or promote?
1: Brandon, thank you very much for the opportunity to sit here and to talk with you. I had a great time. Um, and really can't thank you enough for, for, uh, for having me on, man. It's been a blast.
0: No, no problem. Thank you for coming on and uh, happy new year.
1: Happy new year.